Dokolo, Dokolo, Dokolo. Can you believe it? We made it to 100 full episodes. 100 documentaries have been discussed on this podcast. This podcast, in case you didn't know, this is the Documenteers podcast. And each week, myself, my name is Bob Sham, and a colleague discuss a different documentary with a fun and lighthearted analysis. Today we are talking docs for the 100th time. We book in the first 100 the way we started in episode 1. Stuart accompanies me and we discuss Werner Herzog's ode to Klaus Kinski in his 1999 film My Best Fiend. It's a couple of fiends talking about a couple of fiends and a whole assembly line of celebrities call us up in this 100th episode celebration you won't believe the big names we got people are gonna lose their fucking mind Stuart may do an in theaters episode soon if the timing works out but otherwise this may be his last episode for a while we all gotta take some hiatus from time to time and we thank him and we wish him well has been here since the beginning. Ginger was on a hiatus for a while too, and she's doing all the Herzog shorties this month, as well as next week's Werner Herzog documentary discussion, Cave of Forgotten Dreams. We also thank Ginger, Andrew, and Johnny, and Akil, and Eldridge, and Jeremy, and Brian, and Tyler Mahan Co., my little cousin Lexi, who I promise will return very soon for all of your support and contribution to this show. Thanks to all the celebrities who helped us out in this episode. And of course, a massive thank you to my amazing wife and listener favorite, Angela, who gives me nothing but support in my random projects and obsessions. I'm super lucky to have someone like her in my life. And I know she'll hear this. And I just want to say thank you and I love you. And... I can't wait to do more of these with you. That's not all, of course, because we save our most grateful thank you for you, the person listening, even if it's your first time, and all of you who emailed us and messaged us such nice things. You keep us going, and it really does mean a lot to us when you let us know that you appreciate what we're doing. And of course, thank you for all the five stars and reviews on places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We can never get enough of those. They help out tremendously. Let's head to our 100th episode discussion. I think Stuart and I talking about this specific documentary for our 100th episode just feels very right on to me. As many listeners know, we do some fun stuff after the end reel fades down on each episode. And for this anniversary episode, we'll feature the most epic in bumper segment ever. It happens to feature some lost cuts, including a silly bit Akil and I did during our Leaving Neverland episode, one of our most popular episodes. So much going on in that episode that you might understand why I cut it out at the time uh, once you hear it. But it's in this episode, so stay tuned and celebrate this 100th episode with a couple of fiends. DocumentariesPodcast.com, and of course, above all else, you know what I'm going to say. Say it with me. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. 
a thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Ich bin nicht der offizielle Kirchenjesus. Der unter Polizisten, Bankiers, Richtern, Henkern, Offizieren, Kirchenbossen, Politikern und ähnlichen Vertretern der Macht geduldet wird. Ich bin nicht euer Superstar. Stuart, yeah, this episode kind of a big deal. I've heard about that. Have you heard? Yeah, I've heard it's like a real big deal. Like everyone's, all my like uh, celebrity friends are reaching out to me. This is our one hundredth episode. We're also strong into the second annual Herzog month, which is the point of this whole thing. Really, it just seems so serendipitous that the hunt one hundredth full episode happens during Herzog. The biggest month-long holiday for the documenteers. It's a celebration already. I'm working on making it federal so everyone has the entire month off. That'd be great. Kids don't have to go to school for a whole month. They just got back from summer break and then they're off for all of September again. We started off this whole podcast with our episode of Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, directed by Chris Smith, who we've discussed three different documentaries by that guy. Really? Yes. Remember, uh, Jim and Andy, which I think it got about an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, American Movie, one of the greatest documentary films ever made. Right. An easy, perfect score. And then he did the Fire documentary. Right. Yeah. Which wow. we actually criticized kind of hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of busted on it a little bit. But that first episode, I thought I was recording it on a mic, but I barely knew what the fuck I was doing. And I was recording it on my my ten year old desktop microphone, and it sounds so shit. It seems like so long ago. Yeah, I still know people who get discs. Do you still know people who get Netflix discs? I, you know, I got in late. I never got the discs in the mail. We were getting the discs for a while, and I remember. Um, it sounds fun. I might do it. Those early episodes sound so shit. Y'all, please don't just go from the beginning and straightforward. Pick, bounce around the documentaries. The documentaries, it's not a serialized true crime podcast, all right? It's not meant to be listened to in that way. Just bounce around, pick a favorite co-host. I'm on all of them, so, you know. <laughs> you get Bobby at every chance. Don't worry. But Stuart, how appropriate the movie we're discussing today. My Best Fiend. What's this film about? It's about um, Werner Herzog and his greatest muse. His, Klaus Kinski. His, his greatest champion as well, some yeah, might say. Greatest fiend. My, his best fiend, you could say. Mein lieber fiend. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski <laughs> is a fucking maniac. Now, we're not professional psychiatrists or psychologists. What mental conditions do you think Klaus Kinski has? Um, he, uh, he'll go off like zero to nothing. Some kind of disassociative disorders, some, what, what's that, narcissistic? Definitely some narcissism. 
tendencies, uh, issues of uh, codependency. Yes. I imagine substance abuse, but I, you know, I'm just, Delusion, guess, I'm just delu- guessing there. Delusions of grandeur, for sure. You know, Klaus is very fascinating because the the ego trip that we see him going through, the aspects of his personality are very stereotypical to a lot of actors. You hear about a lot of actors being this way, but but many actors can be pretty good at faking it. That's what acting's all about. Kinski is almost like the patron saint or the demon of all actors. He's all of those worst traits of an actor are all just completely surface with Kinski. He can't seem to hide it. And when you put him in your films, you have to be able to focus that intensity. And it seems like Werner gets that. Yeah. You brought up Jim and Andy, right? Yeah. That was our first movie. And this is another appropriate comparison there because, you know, if, if in Jim Carrey's wildest dreams, this is the version of, of that maybe he could hope to achieve as an actor totally lost in a character yeah, and consumed by it. And that's Kinski makes um, Daniel Day-Lewis look like Tom Arnold. Daniel it's, Day-Lewis is playing Tom Arnold in a biopic about Roseanne. No way. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Fandango. Now, to celebrate our 100th episode here, I issued you a challenge. And I got to hand it to you, man. You really came out. <laughs> oh, no. We presented it when I first said, hey, yeah. why don't we yeah. put out all our feelers, utilize all of our contacts, right, and get some celebrity endorsements, some celebrity praise to to lift up this 100th episode of The Documenteers. Right. And when I first told you about it, you were a lot, said something along the lines of, this makes me want to slash my wrists or something like that, or you've ruined my life. And I was like, calm, calm down. Yeah. You know, much like our relationship is not as violent, but we kind of will bicker at each other. Yeah. What, what is it about us that, because I think, when we, I think it's similar in that when we do get together and we do the thing we're trying to do, sometimes it takes a while to get there, but I feel like we do good things when we're together. But it's sometimes we're like poking and prodding each other. Why is that? I don't know. Jealousy? Wait, who who are you saying is jealous of who here? I don't know. Maybe we're both jealous of each other. What would I be jealous of you about? I don't know. Tell me. Your vegan subs? Man, maybe so. <laughs> it was Sounds pretty like good it. for a vegan sub. Sounds like you wanted up more than just a bite. He showed up at my house with a vegan sub. This is fact. Are you vegan now? You were vegetarian. Are you going vegan? Uh, you know, a vegetarian will always dabble in veganism. That's true. Stuart, it, it seemed like I was pulling teeth to get you to gather celebrities, but then I start getting these files in my email one after the other, one right. after the other. Right. And it's like, holy smokes. I thought I was going to bring the heat. I'm telling you right now, we're going to be talking a lot about these celebrities. We're going to get some celebrity endorsements throughout the episode. We pulled out the big guns. What we've done is... I've got the ones that I've collected. You've got the ones that you've collected. And then I opened up a hotline and I sent it out to the agents. The agents of documenteers. Yes. Kind of like the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Copyright. Similar. And I'm like, dumb, dumb Dugan. You're dumb, dumb Dugan? Dumb, dumb Dugan. Who's that? Look, I'm deep nerd here. There's another thing I'm jealous about. (laughs) You're not jealous of that. (laughs) Full disclosure, I ran out of celebrities we're going to go through mine very quickly, and then it's going to be all you and the hotline. 
it's impressive what you've managed to gather. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell you what it is. I mean, I, I know you're jealous, but I'll just tell you. It's my apt and dead-on conspiracies. It's touched a nerve in a certain segment of the population that happens to be of note looking for new uh, information. Tired of fake news, if you know what that term means. They come to me specifically because I lay down the truth in these episodes. Conspiracies are, um, yeah, that'll come up again. Let's go ahead. We'll play the first round of our celebrities, okay? We got we got all episode to spread these out, but we'll get started, all right? This is one that I've gotten, okay? So here we go. Hi, this is Jerry Seinfeld from the movie Bees. Wait, no. Hi, this is Jerry Seinfeld from Comedians in Cars Driving Around Drinking Coffee. I just want to say congratulations to the documenteers for their 100th episode. Pretty good, right? I got the billion dollar uh, comedian. Would you? Why would you say that's yours? I mean, doesn't really have anything. Because I connected. I, I got. I, that was my connection. They're my, calling for us. My yeah, they are calling for us. I'd say that's. Yeah, I don't know if you can get a point for that. Jerry called my voicemail, but here's something you got. You got a little local heat. You, we live in Nashville, and you, of course, I don't know why I didn't think of this. You were like, I'm going to get some local celebrities, all right? So here's one from you. Hi, this is Ricky Skaggs. Congratulating the documenteers on their 100th episode. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a great ride. I look forward to more. You got motherfucking Ricky Skaggs. It, it definitely sounds like you were with him at a J.C. Penny. It was a local jazz bar, uh, Jazz and Jokes downtown. How long have you have you been a? <laughs> how long have you been friends with Ricky Skaggs? What's a lifetime? You know, yeah. We're friends. What, what is a lifetime? What is a lifetime? All right, and uh, this next one comes from the hotline. It's our first one from the hotline. Okay. Hi, this is Michelle Obama. Congratulating the documenteers on 100 episodes. And here's to 100 more. Bye. Wow. Easily the best first lady of our lifetimes. We got Michelle motherfucking, that's her middle name, Obama. She's a listener, man. Isn't that exciting? I would say I've never been more excited about anything in my life. <laughs> I could tell by your tone and look on your face. Yeah, I'm very excited. My best fiend. Stuart, you just put on your sunglasses. Such a Kinsky thing to do. Well, I just don't want you to see my eyes. We open up this doc with a very angry Klaus Kinsky. It's not revealed at first, but this is Kinsky on what is uh, called a Jesus tour. In the 70s, I guess, was it the 70s? Kinsky went to stadiums around Germany, sold stadiums, like people... Like, it's like we're going to a football game or some shit. To watch Kinski just angrily rant about he, how he's uh, right, Jesus. Not, they don't really give us any context. He's, no. he's just in front of an audience yelling. And I guess it, that could, that's it as well as any theory. I, I think maybe it was like he just, they just performed a play or they were in the middle of a play and maybe he ruined a scene or something by being so crazy and they had to stop the play for some reason. That's the feeling I got. He's just up there. People appear to be walking onto the stage, taking the microphone away from him to explain to people that he's not the real Jesus. <laughs> right, because it starts as like some rant that he's like the Jesus of something. What does he say? He's not the Jesus. He's basically criticizing the power structures, the religious power structures. He's not the Jesus that serves these structures. 
He's the Jesus that takes that beats up the bankers and the money changers. That's the Jesus he's trying to describe. Wow. He's that violent Jesus that you see in that one passage in the Bible. It's the passage that televangelists ignore the hardest. Yeah. Is where Jesus doesn't want everything being about money. I love it. Christ. Um, <laughs> the majority of this movie is in German. I'm not going to play too many clips from it. I'm fluent, so you can go ahead if you but, want. But... Every time that Klaus Kinski freaks the fuck out, I will clip all of those. Because those are fun. I love uh, the next scene, right? Where we go into uh, yes. the house that Warner used to live at with... Uh, Klaus Kinski was like a boarding house. And you have the feeling for artists. We've seen Werner standing on the edge of volcanoes, standing by penguins, going into a cave with the oldest human drawings on the planet. Yeah. And despite all these amazing things that Werner has done, I don't think I've ever seen him as happy as he was recounting bizarre Klaus Kinski apartment stories with, this couple that looks like the German version of the Reagans, basically. You could tell that his intent wasn't necessarily to have them involved in the filming, but they just were like, yeah, we're just going to follow you around. <laughs> and also, I guess Werner grew up in this apartment. Yeah. It used to be yeah. a bit of a worse neighborhood and got gentrified over the years. Yeah, he was talking about how uh, he Kinski was living down the street and that he brought him into this boarding house where he found Kinski living in this attic with no clothes on with like about what four inches of refuse and filth on the floor of this attic and he's just wandering around like and Warner's like I, I gotta get you out of here buddy <laughs> not realizing he's the reason it's like that. of course yeah he lived with Kinski for three months he said Kinski was always naked eight people lived there at once at some point and he terrorized everyone he would talk about Kinski destroying bathrooms and going nuts for 48 straight hours. And he would also alternate because this apartment is, I guess, structurally very different, like remodeled several times over the years. Right. And there was something he said because he talked about how he shared a room with four siblings. And he said something interesting. He said, We were ja ziemlich arm and my mother had tried um we were rather poor. My mother tried to take on the economic miracle, but got left behind. But Kinski, he would talk about him raving for like 48 straight hours. A right. guy like going nuts for two straight Right, it was days. a specific incident he was talking about where he locked himself in the bathroom, the only bath bathroom in the place. Yeah. And stayed there for 48 hours, literally destroying everything till it was just like crumbles. Like every piece of porcelain yeah. in that bathroom with his bare hands. He talked about how once he sprinted down a hall, uh, also probably naked, and knocked down a door to this woman's room named Clara, who he yelled and screamed that she was a pig. He screamed, uh, as Werner would describe, incredibly shrill screams. But Clara fed Kinski and did his laundry. And like, this is the person that was only ever helping him. Who acted like his mother, basically, and he would just kind of shit all over her. Yeah, that's a, that's a trend you'll see. Mankinsky, it's like, it's somebody that, and I think this happens a lot with historical figures. They're spoken with admiration, but there's no way that these were good people. 
Yeah. Like when you talk about Alexander the Great or something. This guy was obviously, he had to be a piece of shit to just be able to be so conquering. I kind of get that vibe with Kinski. Like, I'm impressed with Kinski, but I can't exactly be on his side. Yeah. You can't really do that. It's <laughs> not all the time. No. But seriously, Warner seems at times just as crazy, if not crazier, than, than Kinski. They would feed off each other. I would imagine that when you see those two together, your heart probably your heartbeat probably increases. You get a little worried. What's gonna happen? Werner retraces old steps to Peru. And Werner recorded a couple films in Peru. One of which is Agira, The Wrath of God, a film I like quite a bit. He gave Kinski this screenplay, and Kinski called him back at three in the morning. And Werner said that he couldn't understand what Kinski was saying for like a half an hour. Werner's always putting like time frames on everything. It's how long Kinski screamed, how long he was naked, how long his <laughs> shrill screams lasted, as opposed to just his seething anger. <laughs> But Kinski called, and after a half an hour of screaming and trying to understand him, Kinski loved the story, and he wanted to play Agira. Agira, the Wrath of God, originally opened on a glacier. This part was cut. High-altitude glacier, and people were walking on it. Werner, very ambitious in his ideas. And even though that scene got cut, Kinski was just so taken with that opening scene that he shows up with like all this alpine gear and shit even though it wasn't going to go down like that. <laughs> Werner describes an environment where Kinski's crazy. He's living in this house with this lady. Uh, they have all these guinea pigs that are bred to eat, and the guinea pigs are crawling all over them all night. <laughs> Every one of these stories is like, you're crazy too, Werner. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. can live like that? I mean, he's the one who's like, hey, Kinski, we got to go into this crazy <laughs> environment to make my movie. <laughs> Like, we can't do any of this on a set. That would be... Yeah. Well, no, la there's no way. Last week's episode of Burden of Dreams, we established that Werner is always more than willing to make things harder than they actually should be. Like, more so when he was younger, I think. Yeah, for sure. Why record only a half a mile down river from the town when you can go uh, 500 miles into the jungle to record? There's a difference of opinion regarding how they want to shoot the landscape in Aguirre. Klaus says the only true landscape was the human face. And he talked about how he would call Werner a megalomaniac. It's like they might as well be rubber and glue. Right. For having like long shots. Yeah. That aren't close ups. It's like, yeah. You just have to have close ups in this movie of my face. That's, every That should be every <laughs> shot. A lot of filmmaking techniques you see on TV and stuff. I feel, I feel like what a lot of things that are lost that was common in 70s filmmaking is capturing an environment, like pulling back and seeing. It seems like a lot of things you watch, the camera's always up in people's faces. Yeah. And there's a method to that because it's easier to do quick cuts and stuff and probably edit around it because when you're doing huge scene shots, people have to like nail all their performances in this kind of environment. Yeah. But it's so much more impressive when you get the environment shots, you know. Well, do you remember uh, what the cinematographer says later in the movie about Klaus Kinski's like method for getting his face and the shots. Oh yeah, the uh, twist. Yeah, the twist move. Let's go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> this is very fun. They talk about how he had a special way of pivoting into camera because a lot of times people would walk in like a profile and then turn to the camera. Seems a little awkward. 
but they called this the the count the the Kinsky spiral. Yeah, describe the Kinsky spiral. Like he's pivoting on his uh, like what the balls of his feet or something. Like he's always got one foot ready to just turn along with the camera and be in the shot. Yeah, sooner as the camera is coming back. If there's a pan, yeah. he's there. He gives the illusion that the camera's moving on to him. When really he's just moving on to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it actually is kind of sharp, though. Like, he's so conscious. A lot of actors are very conscious of how their image is perceived. Like, people like Bruce Willis is always Bruce Willis, you know? You yeah, got guys yeah, like yeah. Brad Pitt, who's always eating. Like, he knows he looks good when he's eating. Tom yeah. Cruise, like, is always running. Everyone has these certain actors. They're not that versatile, but they have these things they do that they know they can execute well and look... And for some reason, look okay on screen. And I think Kinski is kind of tapped into that with his Kinski spiral. He's definitely got the face for the camera. <laughs> this guy. We get our first true like on-camera screaming match. Wenn Sie einen erregten haben wollen, dann lassen Sie ihn erregt sein. Und sonst sagen Sie, er ist nicht erregt. Gut, ja, kann ja. Also. Aber ich möchte nicht zu sehen. Also drehen wir es jetzt. Werner first saw Kinski at 15 years old in a German film called Children, Mothers, and a General. And he played a lieutenant who led school children to war. And there was a scene where a kid is like trying to hook up with a, a young lady. Right, because he's planning... And to go AWOL yeah. and bring the girl with him. That's right, right. And he's caught doing it. So, and Kinski gets this dude killed, basically. Los! Off! Werner talks about how he's, there's a part where everyone goes to sleep and Kinski gets awakened. And Werner talks about how that stuck in his brain. When you're young, like things like will stick out very strangely, you know? I, I, I kind of related to him in this. Like, the weird thing that seems like nothing that you just can't get out of your head. That was Kinski in this scene, like, waking up with his head from a school desk. And in the next action he does is send people off to, like, murder this dude. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, they'd be living together, much to his detriment. <laughs> we go to the Lima airport and meet Justo Gonzalez. He was an old tour guide and, and, a, and an actor on A Gary the Wrath of God. There was a scene where they come across an encampment and they see a lot of fruit and the extras are going for the food. Yeah. I, and I guess Kinski was pissed that maybe they were a little too distracted in the scene. And he starts swinging a sword violently. And Kinski hits Husto in the head. And he pointed out a scar like, this is from fucking Klaus Kinski. Husto was like, I'm pretty sure the only reason I'm alive is because I was wearing a fucking conquistador helmet, you know? <laughs> Didn't anyone walk up to Klaus and just deck him in the mouth? Yeah, but I feel like they probably did, but it wouldn't fit the, uh, the reverence that he's trying to show to him, right? I guess not. I, you know? Well, what would you think? You don't that? want to give him a black eye, I guess. Right. You got to protect the face of an actor. There's another part where extras were playing cards in like a hut and Kinski shot three bullets into the hut. He has, he's got a gun hanging around. <laughs> and no one was killed, but one guy got the tip of his finger shot off. How do you not get your ass whipped after something? There's like a lot that? of bodily harm to other people in this in this film <laughs> that we hear about. And Fitzcarraldo when making that, Werner points out that Kinski was a mixture of physical cowardice and courage. 
there is the rapid scene in Fitzcarraldo, very impressive scene, and the boat almost capsizes. I remember watching Fitzcarraldo thinking, there's no way people are on that boat. But in Burden of Dreams, you find out, yeah, people were on that boat, including <laughs> Kitsky and some cameramen. They want to do more shots on this boat. The boat's already been kind of compromised. Like it may, Everyone kind of knows it's not that safe, but they go on it anyway. And Kinski insists on going on the boat, and he goes, if you sink, I sink too. A weird, courageous-looking moment for Kinski. There was an impact when this thing slams into some rocks, where Werner says that people went flying 25 feet. The cameraman got his hand split open. I thought it was a producer last week, but it was a cameraman. And I think this scene is in Fitzcarraldo. Kinski goes, when he sees the impacts coming, he fucking takes off running for shelter. And it actually helped Kinski because he's kind of a smaller dude. And if he was on that bow when the impact, he could have been flung off of the the boat. Yeah. So the coward, his cowardice in that moment actually kind of saved his life. Right, because even Werner was thrown 25 feet. And that's how the cameraman. Yeah, he's lucky he only slashed his fucking hand slashed open. Slashed his hand open. The making of that movie was so fucking dangerous. Werner said that Kinski rarely ever knew his lines. At one point, he demanded to fire a crew member for... There probably wasn't even a reason, and Werner was like, no. Werner talks about how Kinski was renowned for breaking contracts. He said he broke 30, 40, 50 contracts, and he often ruined theater events. Werner is so frustrated because Kinski is checked out in Fitzcarraldo because he won't fire this camera assistant. And Werner approaches Kinski while wow. Kinski's packing up into a speedboat. Werner said he had a rifle. And he's like, I got eight bullets in your head, and the ninth one is for me. <laughs> and then he told Kinski that he needed to behave for the rest of the film. That's why you got to threaten this guy. He's a megalomaniac, but he's a coward. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, this movie's insane. They're making this insane movie. And he pushes him to the edge, and he goes there with him. And then they're both crazy. They're yeah. both insane. It wouldn't be the first time Werner uh, threatened to kill him, by the way. You know, Kinski's able to perform insanity better than uh, than uh, Herzog. But even his cameraman, even his uh, cinematographer later in the movie when they're going through the photography that he's those still shots. And he's like, you were Fitzcarraldo to Herzog. And as if to say, you were the crazy one. <laughs> That's true. He literally also drug a boat through a jungle, much like Fitzcarraldo. Werner said that they strangely complimented each other, but Kinski would never admit it in public. Kinski always publicly trashed Werner. When in he, his biography, he's talking about his writing his biography that Kinski, whenever he, his name would come up at the beginning, the first time, the first mention, it was like just to slag him. And then it kept coming up. Now we talk about Wojciech. I haven't seen this one yet. I will. I plan on watching it soon. It looks like a weird comedy. I forget the woman's name, but she plays Marie. And Werner says that she's one of the few women who had kind things to say about Kinski. And we see a, a single take cut, which is, this is what I'm talking about with capturing an environment. And I guess Wojciech is about Kinski's character slowly moving towards madness. We watch this scene where he picks Marie up off the floor and he's very jealous. And he's like straight up groping her literally groping her in this scene and she says to kinski a pretty famous line from the film i'd rather have a knife in my body than your hands on me damn right 
And then Kinski also says a line that every man is an abyss, much like yourself. Speaking of every man in an abyss, here's a few more celebrities come to congratulate us on this 100th episode. Uh, this is one I've gotten. Hey, this is Will Farrell from sunny California. I'm just calling to say congratulations for all 100 episodes. Great show. Will Farrell, huh? Yeah. You're not, you don't seem to be that impressed. Well, you know, Will Farrell. You think his time's passed? Right. Well, here's here's the guy that you got. This is Stephen King. What? Sorry. What was the rest I was supposed to say? It seems like you caught Stephen King at an awkward time. Yeah, I mean, of course, Stephen King. You know, he's an old uh, Mainer. Old Mainer. Yeah, lives up in Maine. You know. Here is uh, a call we got in on the hotline. Oh my God! It's me, Kim Kardashian. Congratulations to the documentary watching people on 100 inspiring episodes. You guys should buy my lotions. And you should buy Kim Kardashian's lotions and body shimmers. She's kind of a big deal. The kids love Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I mean, we cast a wide net. There's a lot of people um, that, you know, celebrities need to unwind to. You know, famous authors, famous musicians. People might think that they're not documentary people. You are. Right, and even and that's what's great about our show. People that aren't documentary people who, and are, but don't want to watch documentaries, they can just listen to us talk about them. Totally. For a hundred episodes or more. This might not be the last episode. Is this the last episode? Gosh, it might be. It's storming really hard outside as we record this. It, it, there does seem to be something looming over this 100th episode as we record. It's almost as if God doesn't want us to do this episode. It, it does kind of feel like that. The wrath of God, you know? Like the movie? Well, we jerk back. We jerk off back to the Fitzcarraldo where an angry Kinski is pissed off at the production manager. Fix it with your friends. I want to tell you a trick. Here we need a photographer. Verstehst du? Man, mach doch deinen Scheiß! For reasons that probably aren't rational or understandable. And I like how he says, uh, you can lick my ass. Lick mich doch am Arsch, Mensch! That seems to be one of uh, Kinski's favorite things to scream. The Mikagungas Indians would um, huddle together when they were around Kinski during the filming of Fifth Corraldo. And if there was a serious accident on the set, it would distract from Kinski's weirdness. While they were cutting on some trees, a snake had bit a man. Uh, Werner said that it was the first time it happened in three years. Snakes tend to run away from the sound of chainsaws and the smell of gas. But this extremely venomous snake bit a man. And the man saw, thought about it for like five seconds and is like chainsaws his foot off. Because he would have died. That's some hardcore fucking shit. You think you would have had the, the fortitude to do something like that? I have no idea. But again, I would not be on this movie set. This is this, <laughs> Werner Herzog. If Werner Herzog calls anyone listening to this and says, hey, I'm going to make a movie. Are you in? No. Yeah. Say no. Run away. <laughs> also, a plane had crashed carrying people to the set that I think uh, one or two people were seriously paralyzed. Right. He's just casually relaying this. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Werner Her I know you, you're of the opinion that Kinski is crazy. Well, the crazier one. I didn't say Werner's not crazy. Herzog. He's just relaying these events so casually and relaxed and just like, yes, and then he cut off his foot with a chainsaw. It's fine. <laughs> That's just what happened. And, of course, Kinski was jealous of this attention taken from him. That This is all according to Werner, <laughs> yes. And he talked about how Kinski would get upset over lukewarm coffee and would scream for like an hour. And I, I wonder sometimes during this movie how, um, how faithful we should be be to to uh, Herzog's perspective if he's like you know a trustworthy narrator are all these 
stories accurate? Has it been known to embellish for the sake of a documentary? (laughs) Gee, has he? (laughs) It is too bad we don't have a Kinski film about Werner Herzog. I would eat that up for sure. Or even a live Kinski to comment. Yeah. On the film, this oh, is man. this is a tribute to, to Kinski. By the time of this movie, he's he's not in the movie because he's died in 1991, right? Yeah, the Mikagangas chief offers to kill Kinski for Herzog, according to Herzog, and Werner turns it down. And he says sometimes he regrets that, but <laughs> but there's a, the the scene where the the village chief is uh, wandering, walking around Fitzcarraldo. And Werner said that the chief in that shot is the same person who offered to kill Kinski. The embitterment towards Kinski is channeled in that scene. Werner said that Klaus Kinski fancied himself a nature man during Fitzcarraldo, but he never left the camp. And the one time he walked 100 feet into the jungle was to, like, hang out on this tree. And Werner says that, sure enough, this is the one time the photographer walks up and takes 100 pictures of Kinski. Makes it look like he's one with the jungle, even though, according to Werner, he never wandered into the jungle. So apparently he had a diagnosis of schizophrenia psychopathy makes sense which is now called antisocial personality disorder and he attempted suicide twice according to one source in 1955 Hmm. so now the period we're looking at is 40 years later after treatment i imagine right yeah yeah so this now he's moved past it maybe the era in which we see kinski in herzog movies this is when he's older and calmed down (laughs) We also get that famous dialogue from Werner at the end of Burden of Dreams. Kinski always says it's full of erotic elements. I don't see it so much erotic. I see it more full of obscenity. It's just, and nature here is vile and base. I wouldn't see anything erotical here. I would see fornication and asphyxiation. About how the jungle is vile and full of fornication. Taking a close look at, at what's around us, there, there is some sort of a harmony. It is the harmony of overwhelming and collective murder. Werner said that in this regard, Kinski was endowed with a share of stupidity. Werner talks about Kinski, he praises him, but he's not too far away from a casual insult even with kinski in the ground Werner's very honest with his mixed emotions Werner's method during agira was often to provoke him and then he would rage for sometimes hours and then the point where it seemed <laughs> like he was burnt out that's when he would shoot kinski playing agira and if you watch agira his character is not like going off like apparently kinski wanted Agira to go off like the way he naturally does. Mm. But Agira in the film is actually very calm and very cold, very scary in a totally different way than how you would normally picture Kinski. And it comes off very calculating in the film. And and it's also very well executed in that way. I'm trying to recall if that character even screams or even like at the end when he's obviously going mad, it still seems like strangely calm for Klaus Kinski. Now, Werner admits on camera that he wanted to murder Klaus Kinski. But before we go into that, we got a few more celebrities to congratulate us. Yeah. This is one I got, and this is kind of a big deal. 
All right. Are you ready for this one? 100 episodes, documenteers. Congratulations. What else? You gotta say. Oh, I, I'm Beyonce. Boom. Boom, indeed. What? What's that prodding there? I got, I got Beyonce. That, I don't know. It seems like she didn't sound like that. Well, here's one you got from uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's Harrison Ford. Hey, this is Harrison Ford. Congratulations, documenteers, on your 100th episode. What? That's Harrison Ford. I mean, I, I, it sounds just like he even said his um, catchphrase. <laughs> hey, I'm Harrison Ford. <laughs> that classic line. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you how I know him. Hey, this is Harrison Ford. Are you here in the background? That's the airport. He's, he's a pilot. To, yeah, he's going to go crash a plane. Yeah, I met him like uh, the airport. He was going off to fly. Yeah. He just happened to be there. And, you know, I'm a fan of his flying, not his acting. Now, some of the celebrities that called into the hotline kind of blew my fucking mind. I'm really surprised at who listens to this show. And what I'm going to play next is going to be like a huge revelation. And it's not even the biggest revelation of Collins here. All right. So here, here right. we go. You remember Heaven's Gate? Yeah. The Heaven's Gate cult. Um, where they put on black Nikes and killed themselves and cut their dicks off. Right. They're all dead now. Yeah, they're all dead now. Well, are they? Hello, I'm Heaven's Gate founder Marshall Applewhite calling from Hellbop. The Documenteers is the most popular podcast on Hellbop. And on behalf of everyone in Heaven's Gate, we congratulate the Documenteers on 100 amazing episodes. I should say that the self-castration thing was not actually necessary. That was just a miscommunication on my part, and I apologize. Congrats, Documenteers. Can you believe that? Heaven's Gate is real. It's the one true religion. They listen to our podcast. They apparently shut doors loudly on the background on Hellbop. It was. Ex- hey, I don't know. Someone told me that like they weren't trying to stay on Hellbop. They were going to transition from Hellbop. But according to what we just heard, Hellbop is probably fine. And they're just hanging out on a, a comet or an asteroid or something. They're not dead. I mean, seems conclusive. I don't know if there's any room for debate. And maybe it's time for us to finally start our documentary about these facts we've discovered. Yeah. Actually, this is an announcement. The Documenteers are working on a book. It's called Documenteers, Secrets Revealed. <laughs> and it's all the secrets we've uncovered since starting this podcast. Shit. You're going to hear from all your favorite document buddies, the Documenteer pals. They're all going to have their own part. Secrets. The secrets that we've discovered. And it's going to be the basis of a new kind of, uh, what do you call it? What would you would call it? Cult. Hey, let's not go that far. Is that yet. a strong word? We don't want to start there. You don't want to start at cult. That's not how you get people in your cult. You have to call it something like a movement. Well, we're all now members of Heaven's Gate, but now we learn we don't have to cut our dicks off. That was just a miscommunication on my part, and I apologize. Wait, Which is good news. Is that how it works? When an apple bomb calls you, you're in its cult automatically? Apple White. Get your Lord and Savior's name right, please. So it's him? He No, but his name's T and Doe, right? Or tea. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. He was Thank tea you. and dough. So I do know a little bit more than you <laughs> about the Heaven's Gate cult. Turns out. Cool. Look, we'll go into a next batch of celebrities here, and I got a confession. I after this celebrity, I thought I hit it big, but then the celebrities that I that you got after this kind of showed it up. But this is the last celebrity that I acquired. And after this, it's all what you've gotten and hotline Collins. But here we go. 
Hey, Docolus, Jared Kushner here. I'm a close personal friend of Stuart's, and I just want to say great job to the documenteers on a hundred amazing episodes. To quote my father-in-law, you're gonna be huge. Love you, Stuart. Keep up the great work. That's the most anybody's heard Jared Kushner say anything. And he said it for our show, The Documenteers. Admittedly, I was patting myself on the back. I've got the district manager of the Middle East to call into the show. Yeah. But then you sent me your clips, and yeah. I'm actually going to play a couple that you sent. Well, I found a lot of fans of you out there. I got runny-ass egg on my face. Hey, this is Vice President Mike Pence. Uh... <laughs> Who am I talking to? Seemed like he caught Mike Pence in an awkward moment. Well, that was at a Trump rally. If you hear the music in the background. Yeah, yeah, that's Trump. That's, that's classic Trump's Trump music. Classic Trump music. And uh, it, I was hanging out with Kush and Pence. And and that's not all you were hanging out with. Get a load of this. Bobby, we love you. You hit 100 episodes. It's the best episodes anyone could ever imagine on a podcast. You're the greatest. It's President Trump. Hey, right? Wild. It's, yeah, he loves you, man. There's something weirdly. He loves you. You got a lot of celebrities saying Bobby's podcast. There's something strangely passive aggressive about <laughs> What? <laughs> I mean, one of my things I always do with celebrities when I'm expounding upon the podcast is I make sure they know it's your podcast and you do a great job with it. I want you to get the credit. I'm just like a bug on your on your husk. Really? Just trying to get some nutrients. I really thought I knocked it out of the park with Kusher, and then you show up with pre vice president and president. Well, you know, you 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 opened the door because, like, once I knew Kush loved me, then I was like, "Yo, Kush, can you get me out of that rally?" I didn't even think of that. He there kept go, calling man. me Bibby. Like he couldn't even get my name right. <laughs> Bibby. Yeah. Maybe he thought you were his grandma. But uh, but here's the hotline call, and then we'll go back to the movie. Hey, Louis C.K. What's up, man? 100 episodes. That's amazing, dude. I could not be happier for you guys. Seems like you're having a great year. Me, not so much, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Anyways, just wanted to say thanks. Uh, Documenteers has really been, you know, helping me through all this. And uh, wanted to say thank you in particular to Stuart. He's just been such a supportive guy uh, all year. Just had to give him a, a special shout out. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. Keep on docking. 100, baby. Wow, the ambush masturbator himself, Louis C.K. Yeah, well, I've helped him a lot over the year and just like pretty much every day. You know, he, he has that email list and, you know, we were all fans of him until we found out that he was actually masturbating on people. And, you know, I'll still write him emails and just be like, hey, why don't you try to change your name, you know, maybe to Louis, Louis K.C. or just K.C. Just trying to get him to rebrand and maybe start anew and i've asked him to kind of consider maybe going into seminary you know he'd probably make a good, uh, good catholic priest, priest for sure. yeah. or <laughs> catholic catholic for sure <laughs> definitely catholic i think he is catholic um or actually he's jewish no but he could convert and also you know i've definitely you know with my political connections i've been working on uh getting him to join the republican party i think he's on his way actually he sounded very depressed in that call but it seemed like i mean just be paying attention, not the next, but an soon coming Trump related event. You might get a little surprise from KC, the priest. Folks, just keep in mind, we can't control who listens to this show. It's free for everyone. I remember one time my mother uh, relayed a story about how 
she went somewhere and she looked over and somebody in a truck had like lifted their body up and was like jacking off. It's just interesting to think what? how this comedian that we've admired for years is pretty much that kind of person. Wait, your mother met Louis C.K.? I don't think it was Louis, but I'm saying Louis is the equivalent. But he's, he's the only one I know that does that and, for sure. He's an ambush masturbator. Maybe he's, it was him. Did that? Was there a connection there? Maybe it was Louis. I don't know, man. Now, Werner wanted to murder Klaus Kinski. He admits it. And they met at the Telluride Festival in Colorado. I think this movie, you really got to be a fan of Kinski or Werner to really get a lot out of this movie. But I felt like it wasn't until this part where we see them reunited at the Telluride Festival after pretty much hating each other for since they had shot their last films. And when they see each other, they're... They have these intense lows and also intense highs. And there's this part at Telluride where we watch this scene where they're, they love each other. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's why we work together. Otherwise, we would never do anything together. He takes his work to heart. Why do you work together? Because he's crazy. And so I am. That's fine. It's a perfect combination of the mad people and the mad men. <laughs> And it really was a beautiful scene. <laughs> you can't direct to things really happened. You can't direct. It's ridiculous, you know. And this I, I call genius. If, if a director is this way. I can see through him like one can see through water in the sink. And I know what's in there and I know what can be mobilized and I know what uh, can be articulated. And I know uh, the energy and his uh, so-called insanity, or what, whatever you call it, and I know how to how to evoke it, how to bring it to life. And that's why he feels uh, he feels safe when we work together because he knows uh, that I can bring his innermost qualities into life in front of a camera and it kind of reminded me of like you know what you and i we may bicker like an old married couple we may have our issues our conflicts our pointless arguments but at the end of the day i love you man oh <laughs> i love you Aww. and after you're gone i'll probably make uh make a movie about you where i say nice things and compliment you also have passive aggressive undertones uh, that kind of vaguely insult you, but still, I like you. Okay. Nosferatu the <laughs> Nosferatu the vampire. You haven't seen this one, right? Just the clips in the movie. Man, what perfect person to play a creepy vermin-like vampire than Klaus Kinski? It's essentially almost a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the classic silent film, and uh, there's a part where um. Nosferatu is trying to get Mina Harker to come to the dark side. Mm. And there's a part where when Mina essentially rejects him, Klaus Kinski as Nosferatu makes this whiny groan sound like... Please be my vampire queen. Nosferatu the Vampire, in my opinion, is probably the best remake of something I've ever seen. 
Like, it truly is a beautiful film. And there's a part where their rats are all over the city, and Werner actually brought in tens of thousands of rats to let loose in this port town, which seems like a bad idea. She was holding her own against him in that scene. Yeah, she was. She's pretty captivating. She's in a bunch of amazing just out there movies. She only does like weird movies. Yeah, she's like a French actress, right? Yeah. Isabella Agiani. Originally, Jason Robards and fucking Mick Jagger were supposed to play the leads in Fitzcarraldo. Mick Jagger was supposed to play a simpleton actor type. And we talked about this last week, discussing Burden of Dreams. But there were some side effects to losing their main guy, because then with the delay from losing him and having to reshoot, they lose the Jagger. Mick Jagger plays Fitzcarraldo's sidekick, a simple-minded actor named Wilbur. Fucking Mick this Jagger. Ca- this character got cut completely. Yeah, you can't replace Mick Jagger. But Mick Jagger. <laughs> Death, since I can prove a lover to entertain this farewell spoken days i am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days he was cast as fitzcarraldo's buddy wilbur the simpleton wilbur you are definitely my man and he was i mean if you're gonna cast mcjagger in a part you better make it one that he can play But Werner says that if he couldn't get Kinski, that he would have to play Fitzcarraldo. Can you imagine that movie where Werner is playing? I mean, he essentially played Fitzcarraldo in Burden of Dreams. Can you imagine him directly being Fitzcarraldo? Maybe. I I think he'd definitely go. He'd go nearly as far as Kinski. In one of Kinski's most rational moments, after Werner tells him what he's trying to do, he wants to do what Fitzcarraldo does in the movie, literally, drag a boat through a jungle and when kinski sees the terrain in which the boat is supposed to be dragged yeah his heart sank <laughs> this is when kinski's like the most true when he's like this is fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> claudia cardinal also stars in fitzcarraldo and she said that everyone warned her that klaus was impossible to work with but she points out that klaus was always afraid he would always disinfect with alcohol you see klaus in uh, Fitzcarraldo having to touch an, a, an ocelot kitten, and yeah. it freaks him out. And then at the end of Aguirre, the Wrath of God, he has to, the boat is covered in like these Carpuchian monkeys. And he has to, <laughs> and in both of these scenes, you could tell he has a disdain for these animals, but he's also required to hold them. And you know, Werner's just making them old animals because he hates <laughs> But he also like flings these animals. He doesn't throw them like a baseball, but this like, wrist toss where he throws the cat and the monkey they seem fine but it does seem fairly aggressive cobra verde but before we talk about that i'm out of celebrities i have no more celebrities to play the rest is you and the hotline so here's a here's a couple that you've provided i really dropped the ball on my end i thought you know beyonce and jared kushner those are pretty big gets but you really came with it i gotta admit even the hotline calls, they don't even seem to like talk about me. It's a little upsetting. But here's some that you got. I'm Mark Hollis from Talk Talk. We did the song It's My Life. You're listening to Bobby's podcast. Wow, Mark Hollis. Well right. done. Yeah, right before he died. <laughs> right before. His deathbed. Wow. He reached out 
He sounds great for a deathbed case. I mean, listen to to him tonally. I'm Mark Hollis from Talk Talk. Pretty good. Well, you know, uh, he died in February, and I knew that this was coming, Mm. and I plan ahead. You know, that's true. Uh, You know, we'll get to the hundredth episode eventually. Yeah, I know that it's going to be a big deal. That's the true divulsion is that I've really been working on these for a long time. Before you even said it, I've subconsciously planted this idea in your head. So well done. Here's another one you got. Some local heat. Hey now, this is Travis Tripp. I just wanted to say congratulations to the documentaries on another great episode. You hear? Now there's no doubt that's Travis Tripp. You can just hear it in his voice. Yep, yep. I used to live in this place in Cheatham County, right next to here. And I'd pass by this house where a big sign out front that said world's biggest Travis Tritt fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, here's a hotline call. Wow. 100 episodes. I can't believe it. This is acting superstar Kevin Spacey. And I just want to thank the documentaries for all the smiles. Your podcast has really helped me through the hard times I've been having lately, especially Stuart. Stuart is probably the only person in the whole wide world who understands me. Thanks for having my back, buddy. I'll see you in Aspen next month. Love ya. You're going to Aspen with Kevin Spacey next month? It's a euphemism. Yeah, I mean, this is another guy that, uh, you know, I reached out after, uh, you know, look, it's it's what he's what he's done. It's unforgivable. You seem a little old It's completely old for him. unforgivable. Yeah, it's true. Look, there's no way this is forgivable. But again, you know, I have a lot of connections with politics catholicism i'm trying to get him you know i'm I'm thinking this is priest material this is this is a good guy for the catholic church maybe um you know the republican party we're looking for a new you know a few good men specifically men and if they're you know closeted Mm. he hasn't completely i mean he came out of the closet but we're gonna try and like sort of yeah Get him back in the closet. And then <laughs> the one guy that should go back and stay there, like go into a literal closet. Right. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's accepted in the Republican Party. Being closeted and being like reprehensible, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I think all these guys, all that's left is to go to the Republican Party for most of these guys. But in uh, Cobra Verde, I've yet to watch this one either. Uh, that we see the scene where Klaus runs down the beach, and that's that infamous scene where there's a man with polio who's kind of walks on his hands along with them. And we see pictures. Uh, we see a, Werner's talking to a photographer who's accompanied Werner throughout the years. And there's pictures of Klaus Kinski. He looks like he's trying to choke Werner and Klaus just being a giant dick. But at this point, Werner discusses how toxic Klaus was. We don't really get a lot about Cobra Verde. Just Werner talking about how this was the end of the road with him and Klaus's relationship. And that it was just completely shattered by the end of the making of Cobra Verde. Yeah, that he was left, what was it? Like a burned out comet? Kinski would die in San Francisco in 1991. Yeah, like a burnout out comet. Werner describes Kinski as like just being spent. All the energy, all the rage. It just ran out. Like, like He described him almost like a battery dying. How did Kinski die? Exactly. Um, I don't know. Let's see. He had a sudden heart attack. He was living in Lagunitas. You definitely would think a guy like that would have a heart attack. Oh, wow. So he was offered the lead role of the villain in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he told Steven Spielberg, 
this is a complete and total piece of shit. <laughs> a movie I've loved that I loved from my childhood. He would have he would have nailed it. He would have crushed that role though, you know. Oh my god, have you seen the trailer the Disney Channel, the Disney app's about to drop soon, the streaming app? Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for The Mandalorian? What's that? It's like a Star Wars show that they're oh. going to do. And at the end of it, guess who would appear? Guess who appears in this trailer? Who? Fucking Werner Herzog. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. What? That's some old Mandalorian, I guess. Don't you agree? No shit. Have you ever seen Jack Reacher? I was in prison in Siberia. I spent my first winter wearing a dead man's coat. A hole in one pocket. Shoot these fingers off before the frostbite could turn to gangrene. Yeah, he's the bad guy in that. <laughs> a man this rare can always be of use. So show me. Show me our rare. Show me you'll do anything to survive. I don't understand. The fingers from your left hand. <laughs> you got a knife? Did I have a knife in Siberia? He's got like four minutes of screen time and he's sitting and he just, and he sits or he stands. Okay. So Mandalorian is the race that Boba Fett is. Yes. I actually knew that, but what? I was trying not to talk about it. God, it, Star Wars is so stupid. <laughs> no offense to everybody in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone that loves it. I'm pretty tired of it. Admittedly. Although, if uh, Werner's going to be in this show, I'm, uh, I might check it out. I mean, if Werner's a Mandalorian, apparently. He's uh, the the bounty hunter race. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was all about the bounty hunters, bro. Sick. That's great that uh, Star Wars has such a defined caste system. That a whole <laughs> race would just be bounty hunters. I like how literally black and white Star Wars is. <laughs> Star Trek is a lot deeper. If, like, if you really want to pull in, like, bizarre meanings and moral conundrums star wars is not that it, it really isn't after it's revealed of kinski's death we see the nosferatu death scene and we get more clips from uh kinski's jesus tour if Kinski was around today and he was doing a U.S. Jesus tour, would you go? Yeah, hell yeah, man. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You think they'd pack up Bridgestone where the National Predators play? I think he'd probably go to like the five spot or something. You know, if he was alive, you know, still today, I think uh, he'd be starring in There Will Be Blood too. Now that Daniel Day-Lewis is retired, Kinski could finally ascend to the level. Mm, mm. And he'd finally probably be like, all right, Spielberg, what do you got? You know, let's do it. Raiders sucks, but maybe you got something better. Man, Steven Spielberg, has he made a good movie in 25 years? Oh, uh, <laughs> Ready Player One. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Lincoln. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I mean, what could be better than Lincoln? The movie everyone was clamoring for. Lincoln. <laughs> you know what we need? A movie about Lincoln. Bridge of Spies was okay up to the point where he injects this like swooping orchestral music like it was a movie from the 40s or something like there's just some movie tropes that we can be done with that's the last actually i did watch that I yeah watched, it was terrible yeah 
It was terrible. You know, that was nominated for Best Picture. I mean, not that shocking. I think the last one I liked was that Tin Tin movie. Did he make the Tin Tin movie? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Oh, man, I've been meaning to watch that. I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. But we end this film with a fairly infamous Klaus Kinski. If you know a lot about Klaus Kinski, you know about him playing with a butterfly. It's a very sweet scene. We know he doesn't like critters and shit, but at the end here, we see him very gently. Remember when you were a kid, if you touched a butterfly and then you got the... They're such fragile creatures, right? Yeah. And if you touch their wing, you didn't know. But if you touch their wing, that's pretty much like fucking... It's fucking up their flight and you're... You're just like this clumsy kid accidentally hurting a butterfly to think of this guy who just can go off for hours at a time being like very sweet and gentle with this little butterfly, a little butterfly that doesn't seem to want to leave him. Is this the butterfly effect? Are millions of people dying on the other side of the planet while this butterfly is playing on Klaus Kinski's head? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that is the butterfly effect. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. Everyone knows that. And that's that film. Mm -hmm. What a film. My Best Fiend. My Best Fiend. By Werner Herzog. Werner. And now before we get into our rating system, we got uh, a few more. Uh, Two from you and one for the hotline for some celebrities. Check this out. This is John Wick from the John Wick movies. Congratulations, documenteers, on your hundred episodes. Yeah. Now, Keanu Reeves plays John Wick. As Keanu Reeves, now he thinks he's John Wick completely? Well, here's the thing. A while ago, I told Keanu about Kinski, you know, because he had, he had never heard of him, apparently. Yeah. He didn't even know who Warren Herzog was. And I was like, Whoa. listen, buddy, sit Whoa. down. Let's watch these movies. And I just re- I just was, I was like, well, we started one. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this. And so then I started up YouTube and just showed him a hot, you know, cut, super cut, some Kinski moments. And I was like, check it out, dude. And he's always in character. Yeah. And then he was like, ding, I could see the light bulb. Literal light bulb appeared above his head. Not a literal light, like a figurative light bulb, you know? <laughs> That's why he was like, I'm John Wick. He said it to me because he was he knows he's only going to be doing John Wick movies for the next like three or four years, yeah. five years until people get tired of him. John Wick 8, maybe they'll get tired. So he's, he's now telling people. I'm John Wick. From the Get John used Wick to it. movies, yeah. From the John Wick movies, yeah. This is John Wick from the John Wick movies. Get used to it. Get used to it. That's his new thing. I slid one of those medallions across the table. Oh, right. And then he murdered hundreds of people for you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Don't worry about the murder. I said, just, you know, give me this pull. We'll, we'll keep the murders secret. Right. Uh, here's another little bit of local heat you got. Hey, I'm Kenny Chesney, and uh, I hope you're having a great day. Kenny Chesney, it seems like he could have said that to anything, whether it be a birthday or a podcast. I don't know if he really knew what was going on, but but nonetheless, you got Kenny Chesney on the phone. That's impressive. Yeah, well, he could tell I was having a great day, and you know. And now here's one from uh, the call-in line. Like I said, folks, we can't control who listens to the show or who is... Um, or who we help, you know, in troubled times. Hey, documenteers, congratulations on your 100th episode. This is Stuart's friend, Harvey Weinstein. Stuart, I appreciate all the nice letters and texts you sent me. Your support means a lot. I totally agree with you that documenteers should review porn. If Bobby would listen to you for once in his life, then I would gladly send plenty of porn recommendations. Love you, Stuart. I'll see you in Aspen and Sport. So Harvey Weinstein's also going to be an Aspen. 
with Kevin Spacey. Right. Again, that's a euphemism. Right. We're not going to actual Aspen. That's kind of what, like, that's what we call our, like, you know, what we would call it, our, uh, our seshes. Sesh. Did you know guys like Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein, that they were such huge fans of you? And you're and, writing them letters. Uh, what are the letters saying? You know, great job. You're doing great. Keep up the great work. Maybe not the as Stay much in the, jail. You know, watch out for the jail stuff. Confess to everything. Confess everything. <laughs> Take full credit. Again, you know, the Republican Party. I've become intimately involved ever since, uh, you know, they've, they've grabbed onto our conspiracies. They love the documenteers. I'm a big part of the documenteers. I'm sorry to say, I know I'm kind of outshining you at this moment. Maybe it's seeming like you're getting a little jealous, like I brought up at the beginning of the uh, Yeah, I'm a little There's some jealous. jealousy I mean, here. Trump, CK, Spacey, Weinstein. It's a who's who of creeps over here. I mean, I know you're a full-on liberal, lefty, wefty, but... I'm surprised you didn't get Bill Clinton. You know, he's coming. He's on the way. He'll be an Aspen. He'll be an Aspen. Hey, thanks, Stuart. Thanks, man. Hey, he's here right now. I can't believe it. He showed up. Documenteers 100. Hell yeah. Thank you, Bill. Hell yeah, I was on that plane, man. We're going to get you in the Republican Party. Don't worry. I think they'll let you run for president again. They secretly love me. You know, basically a Democrat from Arkansas, you are a Republican. Most of these Democrats are just fucking diet Republicans anyway. Well, gerrymandering. (laughs) Have you heard of it? Yeah. We got one more hotline call, but first, Stuart, we don't rate documentaries in a Herzog. I mean, we do in a Herzog rating scale. We don't rate them in a star rating scale. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. We will combine them like a butterfly on Klaus Kinski's forehead for best out of 10 Herzogs. Stuart, what did you think of this? Our 100th full documentary discussion on Werner Herzog's My Best Fiend. What does my best fiend think of my best fiend? Oh, what? I'm your best fiend? Yeah. Well, I think you're my best fiend. Yeah, that works out that way. We're like two Kinskis vying for attention. <laughs> We're like two Kinskis, 69. Who will suck up the, all the atmosphere in the room first? <laughs> the, the constant question on every episode. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it three point. Five. Okay, that's a pretty good score. Um, I'm going to go four because the parts in which they're together, I think you do got to be a bit of a fan. There was two moments, the butterfly moment and the part where they're in Telluride that legitimately did touch me, especially the scene in Telluride where they're like very much love each other. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why we work together. Otherwise, we would never do anything together. He takes his work to heart. Why do you work together? Because he's crazy. And so I am. That's why. It's a perfect combination of the mad people and the mad men. <laughs> that scene is all you need to know to show why Werner would take the time to make a film about his old friend, Klaus Kinski. Because Kinski made hundreds of movies. He only made like five with Werner, but he made hundreds over his career, or well over a hundred anyway. But yeah, I think four out of five Herzogs is a perfect score 
or is not it's not a perfect score it's a good score for this film so you take your four combine it with your 3.5 mm-hmm. that's 7.5 out of 10 Herzog's. that that sounds that seems pretty right to me and that's that film my best fiend by Werner Herzog our 100th episode we did it do you have any 100 do you have any favorite memories from uh, uh, our time yeah you know when uh we got circumcised at that one episode Sex is fine. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's fine. It feels good. It yeah, It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Look, afterwards, you know, it's fine. It's fine, okay? You have, <laughs> you have your cookies, and it's over. Just leave it. I, um... Look, I'm just a normal guy. I ejaculate blood you know, like everyone else. I'm just a normal guy like Seth Rogen. Yeah. And Andy Dick. And other guys that were circumcised like Jared Kushner. when we ate all that fast food yo uh i guess all right the, we're about here i guess the valet we're, we're coming up called out we're coming up on the most bitching ass restaurant no all of you it's designed cc's beyond pizza it's designed like this so that people don't know how exclusive it is all oh. right see y'all inside most exclusive oh yeah we are here with cc's pizza I'm eating a very elegant salad. We have eaten a lot on our episodes, yeah. Yeah, we were trying to supersize us. It probably did help some people out there. But ultimately, Morgan Spurlock is a fucking tourist. You're just a fucking wad who made yourself eat McDonald's for 30 days. We did, and it's working. It's work on me. It's working over time. <laughs> and you know what? When we uh, watch all those sports documentaries, I love that. Oh, oh what's a sports ball? Why do you uh, Why yeah. do you like watching grown men play fetch? <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's great. Wait. <laughs> Well, uh, sometimes you get confused as to who you are, but the stu- the Drew episodes are great. Yeah. I mean, that guy, you know, he knows a lot about sports. He does. He really, he, he really does know his shit, doesn't he? It's one, that's one of your guys. One of my dudes. Yeah. One of your dudes. He's one of your dudes too. What? You actually are really good friends with him as well. I mean, I'm not saying like that. I'm saying like, you're the host. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to, this is a different, this is the pers- host persona. Real life, Bobby. Real life, Stuart. Yeah, of course. We're all friends. Yes, yes. It's but true. We're, we got personas, right? Yeah, that's true. This is the persona. He's one of your dudes, one of your main dudes. He's on regularly. Our 30 for 30 episodes are amongst the most consistent. He's your Alan Iverson. Yeah. And I'm the white coach that brought him in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Stuart, we got one last call. It's a it's a hotline call. We can't control who listens, but I'm a little I'm going to play it, but I'm a little huh, I'm a little worried about playing it. There could be some legal ramifications to playing this call. I don't know. This could result in the FBI coming down on us, or maybe some kind of mob hit. This could uh, maybe, so the mob or the FBI are going to come after us. Come on, what is it? I mean, Just play it. Fortunately, you're Just friends stalling. with Trump, so maybe you can deflect 
Trump goons from trying to kill us, but we're still trying to get in touch with the Clinton crime family, and uh, they could come. Against my better judgment, I'll, I'll play it. Hey, documenters, congratulations on 100 episodes. I love the show. I play it aloud at parties. This is Jeffrey Epstein, by the way, and I'm calling you from a flip phone that's been up my ass all day. Today is August 10th at 4.30 a.m., and I'm feeling really good about fighting this case. I got a lot of people who owe me a favor out there. Definitely not going to commit suicide. No way. Oh, a, a guard is coming. I gotta go. Uh, thanks, documenteers. I love Stuart. He's the best. Uh, another Stuart fan. Interesting. Jeffrey Epstein. His last phone call was to the Documenteers hotline. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, as you know, that guard uh, probably killed him. <laughs> and uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that that guard may have been John Wick from the movie John Wick. This is John Wick from the John Wick movies. Think- I am deep ops in the Republican Party right now, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it because basically by the time this episode airs, it's all going to be over. We got him. He's, yes, this is all to get Trump put away and out of office. The whole point of this show, when we started it, we knew he was on his way. We've lived through it. We're done with it. But You know you no- know, I'm a diehard li- liberal. I love it. I love the, I love the democracy. <laughs> John Wick, formerly known as Keanu Reeves, you fucked up. Why did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? We were ready to shake the power tree. No, no, you don't get it. He had all this information on uh, Obama, <laughs> Hillary, Bill Trump, all that stuff, that Newt common Gingrich. pizza stuff that's apparently real. <laughs> oh, no. All that stuff that you that they've been saying on a Reddit or. Um, 8chan apparently all that stuff that's real he said he plays and john her. wick took care of it for john us. you fucking we needed to get some testimony john you no you don't want this testimony trust me you don't want it trust me look trust, i don't will you trust it, me once but the world needs it you do you remember being at mar-a-lago it was you were there it was me and you we were there at mar-a-lago it was a while back <laughs> i mean you I remember jeffrey was there we, you know, Trump was there. Do you remember that night? Okay. We could have taken down Trump, Clinton. I'm just saying. Dershowitz. They've got dirt on the documenteers. Oh, Epstein was the key to that. John Wick took care of it for us. Leave it. Trump funds. Leave it. Trump funds the documenteers. Leave it alone. We're going to get rid of this guy. We're going to be okay. We'll get a new president. Maybe Booty Jej. <laughs> Or um, Kamala Harris. I love her. Yeah, let's elect a cop. She's basically a Republican, so I'm good with that. (laughs) Based on her, uh, (laughs) what she's uh, contributed to the prison industrial complex. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Putin or Biden, Buttigieg or Biden or Harris. uh, Just just stay away from Bernie. Bernie, okay, bros? Okay, (laughs) Bernie. The opposite. (laughs) Because, like, you know. Do, uh, he's really gonna 
He's really going to shake stuff up, okay? And I don't know if you want that. I, don't, I think yeah, you mean like... You like your roads? Your Sanders, paved. your Warrens. <laughs> these might be your best bets, right? Yeah, I mean, they'll definitely... They'll probably fix all the infrastructure that's failing. Okay, but you know <laughs> or what? Or be stonewalled like You know, forever. yeah, you maybe maybe we won't get lead pipes anymore. Maybe you'll miss, you'll miss those, though. I eventually. like lead. Exactly. Thank you. You know, where do you think we're going to get our pencils if we don't have lead in our pipes? I mean, it's it makes common... It's common sense. It's not fake news. This is real stuff. Epstein said he plays our show aloud at parties. I love the show. I play it aloud at parties. What episodes do you think he's played at parties? I mean, we've been at a couple of them, if you recall. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. I mean, I can only assume. Oh. That uh, you you know what he's talking about. We're gonna. I'm not gonna go into any further detail. We're gonna get found in a ditch with eight bullets in our head, man. I don't know if I can release this episode now. Well, look, it's been a hundred. What a great hundred it's been. <laughs> we helped a lot of people, I think. Maybe the wrong kind of people. You know, uh, Harrison Ford's gonna probably he'll swoop in and save us with his plane. Hey, this is Harrison Ford. Okay, don't worry about it. I mean, I'll get John Wick. He'll show up. Look, Ricky Skaggs never hurt anyone. Hi, this is Ricky Skaggs. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Skaggs might be able to help us. I don't know. I don't think so, though. I don't know what he could do. Maybe just he could probably throw us a tribute show after we die. Yeah. Would that would that help? I don't think so. Ricky Skaggs, Kenny Chesney and Travis Tritt all doing a dedication. show. Look, I've us. gotten us through 100 episodes so far without much help. So don't worry. I'll get us through the next. <laughs> it's going to be OK. We won't die. Have you heard, did you hear what, how Jared Kushner uh, pronounces Docolos? Hey, Docolos. <laughs> it's almost like he can't read. <laughs> it is a made up word to his credit. Hey, Docolos. Hey, Docolos. <laughs> What's he talking about? Dongles? Dongolus. <laughs> oh, the, the things on the Wii remotes? Yeah, dongles. Anyway, that's been our 100th episode. Man, what a wild ride. What a revelatory ride. We actually had more celebrities in this, but we couldn't fit them into the main episode. You'll probably hear them at the end. But folks, that's it. Stuart, thanks for being here through the ups and the downs. And um, we're, we'll probably get subpoenaed after this episode look i tried to get gwyneth and tom holland and all the marvel because i know those people too but, all the marvel people yeah but they're bigger fans of like angela's episodes and when they heard that the 100th episode was going to be without angela they were like yeah i guess forget that yeah well maybe she'll be on the 200th episode hey but that's that, folks. Thanks for joining us. For those who have uh, been listening to us for a while, we're really grateful to you. We hope you don't think too much of this is real. <laughs> or maybe it is. I mean, we really did get down into the conspiracy. The Epstein stuff is like a an actual conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, we love Star Wars. We would never... Yeah, it's all... Come on. Come on, folks. You know we love Star Wars. Dude, that's the part that's real. <laughs> That's not real. So we, I mean, we love we love Star Wars. All right, Mandalor, uh, watch the Mandalorians on the Disney streaming app. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Please, please do. And wait, I mean, you like I, I'm sure, listener, can't wait for the next three trilogies that are oh. coming down the pipe. Oh my golly gee! Don't you agree? 
I'm just hoping we might see a little Donald Duck. Yeah. In, uh, in the Star Wars universe, right? I, I'll go. I'll start going to see them again if Donald Duck shows up. <laughs> and that's that. Until next 100 episodes, keep on docking. Also, I'm sorry. It's because I always drink coffee beforehand. I have to go to the bathroom. Feel free to like say things into the microphone. You know, uh, Bobby and I, we're kind of like the Koch brothers of documentary podcasts. And uh, you might be surprised by some of the celebrities that we are able to pull. And that's kind of, uh, well, you know. This is, you know, it's not, you don't really hear it on every episode, but it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty right leaning. You know, I just have to say, you know, we kind of break the mold there. Some of our views on, um, uh, fiscal responsibility, uh, strike at the very heart of, uh, conservatism and our views on, um, on a rating system, on a rating scale should be very minimal five Herzogs, no more. And, uh, you know, it's brought a lot of, uh, a lot of the bright parts to the table and it's not, not, not what we're asking for, but it's what we got. It's what we get. Being that it's a hundred episodes, I'll go ahead and tell y'all that the real reason, uh, Bobby always has to take breaks during the podcast is because of his rampant drug use. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, abuse it's use it's it's the only real way that any of us could stand to be around him if he wasn't on all these poppers zingers tappers loopers busy bugs snoop daddies <clears throat> well who, who could stand to be around him this is uh, the first episode of Documenteers. Uh, this is a podcast where it's essentially a review podcast. Test one, two, one, two. What's that one that's purple, purple pumpkins? I don't know. There's a thing that's like you do it to practice. You loosen up your mouth. Test. 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 Testicles. Testicles. Test. 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 Hey, Docalus. Hey, Docalus. This is John Wick from the John Wick movies. I'm Beyonce. Who's Stuart? Yeah, get off of our planet, Seahorses. Tyler Mayhan Co. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Apparently. Never stop pooping. Never stop pooping. My name is Ginger Teehee Miso soup, watermelon. Test, test, test. Mm. Mm. Ooh, ooh, whoop, whoop.
My face isn't even in that, in my private photo sesh. Who's Stuart? I'm Beyonce. Hey, Dothalus. Cats love me, what can I say? Listen to this music, guys. What is this music? It's just beautiful music. This is Gene Wilder. Thank you, documenteers. This is the hundredth episode. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good. I was just talking about how Bobby's a big dumb idiot. <laughs> it's brand new soda from Coca-Cola. It's called Surge. My name is Ginger. Tee hee hee hee. Patriarchy kills, Bob. Sorry, I yelled at you. I'm sorry. No, I, I get angry at police pretty easily. I like circle jerks. Say something into the mic. Something into the mic. Drew, dude, welcome to the documentary. Let me let this down. Just put it on, Chris. Just put it on. Dance with me. There's a dog in here. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Cool. Everything's flying pretty loose. Dogs are welcome in our holiday episodes. Doc, you very much. I'm, I'm, a, I'm getting a little drunk. <laughs> Docuversary. Johnny, welcome to the show. I like circle jerks. Test one two one two. What's that one that's purple, purple pumpkins? I don't know. There's a thing that's like you do it to practice. You loosen up your mouth. La 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 la. Oh. Oh. Well, thank you so much. I'm Beyonce. <laughs> Thong, 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 thong. When you go in the grave and you're just laying there in the casket, the last hurrah, the final goodbye, what's gonna, what are you gonna think about, Bill? Make sure that butthole is nice and loose. Just one more thing, if you don't mind. I gotta ask. Uh, first off, did you shine those shoes yourself? Very nice. I gotta say though, congratulations on a hundred episodes of the greatest show I've ever fucking listened to in my life. So good. Anyway, this is President Trump. I was just calling to say hey, thank you, and uh, goodbye, and uh, have a nice day. Hi, this is Ricky Skaggs. I think this person knows Johnny personally. Oh, okay. Great. That well, guy. That so, that guy? Yeah. we'll see. I mean, Johnny... He's kind of like religious, right? Well, Johnny is. 
He's also a monster. Yeah, I can kind of tell. I'll get into that later. My first met him, I got really unsettled by him, but it's okay. He's yeah. And he smells. Uh, okay, that was a bit personal. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but you're bringing it up. Okay, that's cool. He probably won't hear this for like six months. <laughs> no. Backroom whispers. When you go in the grave and you're just laying there in the casket, make sure that butthole is nice and loose. Hey, Docalus. I drank all the ginger ale that was sitting around here. We're not even talking about this anymore. <laughs> Where's my ginger ale? You must have left in your bedroom. Where's my ginger ale? Hold on. that it's me michael oh my god michael it's the spirit of michael jackson you look pretty good man i know you know what i age down here i mean compared to how you looked you actually look more alive now Ooh, i guess that's a compliment no i was throwing shade i heard you're a big fan of mine <laughs> and i thought i'd come haunt you for a minute well, uh, that was really unnecessary, but I'm glad you're here because I do have some questions for you. I want to make time for you. I heard y'all watching a movie tonight. It's a movie about you, Michael. Oh, yeah? What's it called? Uh, Something Neverland. I actually can't Something remember the first Neverland. part. I should know that. Well, Neverland's an amazing place. It is, and they're going to talk a lot about a lot of things that went on at Neverland while you were still alive, Michael. Cotton candy and popcorn and... I mean, if those are Fun. euphemisms for Smiles. sleeping with children, then yes. Hey! Hey, man. Hey, hey! I'm not the one who made the documentary. I'm just letting you know what's happening tonight. Lies. I would never do that. Sure. Sure you would, Michael. I would never do that. I, I totally believe you. I don't even like you bringing it up. I come all the way up here from hell <laughs> to come say hello to one of my biggest fans. You came from where, Michael? Hell. Do you think maybe there might be a reason why you're there? Can you guess why I'm in hell? I mean, I guess it could be that last album you came out with. Yes. More than likely. It's, it's a good guess, but. It's probably because you, you know, you fucked a little kid. No. Turns out God don't care about that shit. Really? One time I said doo-doo, and God just never forgave me oh, for it. Damn. That's disappointing. I've been in hell. Well, what's it like down there? Kind of dry. It's not really that big a deal, really. Because there's not a lot of uh, punishing going on? You're not being, you know, tortured? It's like, it's a lot of leftover Panera food. Mm. You know, there's a yeah. lot of Panera breads down that's, there. That's pretty bad, actually. But they let you come out and haunt your fans from time to time. Is that what you're doing right now? Are you haunting me? Yeah, but I gotta go back down to hell soon. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's been real nice seeing you, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry things panned out this way, but the truth's going to come out eventually. So just remember, I was never uh, convicted of a crime. <laughs> How's my family doing? Maybe I should haunt them, but or my children. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Why don't you spend some time with your kids, man? Uh, oh, it's, it takes a lot. Hell is directly under Nashville, as it turns out. Actually, it takes a long time for my spirit to head out to California. You can't just snap your fingers and be on the other side of the country. Magic's not real. Spirits are. And ghosts. That's disappointing. 
I know if it's his bullshit. <laughs> Do you ever stare at the stars and wonder what Peter Pan's penis must have looked like? I cannot say that I've actually ever done that, Michael, but it sounds like something that maybe you should talk to somebody about. Well. Like a professional. Oh, wait. Too late. Well, maybe I'll talk to Hitler. He's down in hell. Would he talk to you? And my dad. Was... I'll talk to my dad. Uh, I guess you're white enough. Hitler will probably give you a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I trick Hitler. <laughs> I can go talk to my dad. He's in hell, too. I bet he is. All right. I'm going to go talk to daddy. <laughs> Bye, kid. Bye, Michael. Sorry about that. That's uh, all right, man. How's it going? Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Look like you've seen a ghost. No, no, just uh, just tired. That's all. Becky, Becky, you're really gonna like it. Another book, stalking and psychosexual obsession. Boy, they really get gushy on these titles. Sea Org, bro. Good, you didn't lie to me. Space Trade Homage. It's look like syphilis. England. It's great, man. He sings great. Group's great. How about Doc? Great. Excellent. Are you fucked up? Half and half. We betrayed him. Then I'm talking about darkness with uh, a capital D, then. If you understand what I mean. Who's Larry? You're not going because I was bad one time, are you? It doesn't look like syphilis. Why are you trying to depress me so much? Did any... Anybody got any cyanide or anything I can take? Stupid fucking white man. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. Hello? This is Jennifer Lopez. Jenny from the block. Happy 100 episodes to the documenteers, especially Stuart. He can get it any time. <laughs> He can get it any time. You better sit down in that bed while you're just, still able. Just say he can get it any time. <laughs> Come on, just say he can get it any time. No, I'm not going to say that. All right. Flipped his cock. <laughs> Flip, flipped his what? Cock. Oh, okay. I'm fucking holy. This is Jennifer Lopez. That does not make sense. Who's Larry? That he's fired. He doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> I can't see anything. It doesn't look like syphilis. I'm sitting on the floor and I'm spinning and putting my feet up in the air and using my hand as a third wheel kind of thing. And then I'm like... I just... I want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. Man, you can already tell we don't really like this one. I can't see anything. To the hitchhikers of the galaxy, <laughs> don't come home with me. 
We'll get ripped high and just look them up. I'll edit that part. <laughs> Black and male is how I'm coded on right. the outside. But on the inside, I have felt more white and female, believe it or not. Everything will, will melt. That's what I'm thinking. Everything will melt. The stone, the soil, trees, and everything will melt. I don't have to show my hardware because the ball is around the world now. Me strong, me can do it. Still want to fight me now? How are there no volcanoes in Florida? Okay, we will be loading you on rail cars. Enjoy the AC while you got it. That does not make sense. Rain with chaos, rain chaos. Okay, okay, come on. That, no, come on, stop that. Me... That's not a poem. Shut up. Shut and... up. I, I don't like it because it's so artsy-fartsy. You see, I, I like the real stuff. I like something like uh, the end of Dirty Harry. And Harry blasts him away. He just blasts him into a river. He blasts him. He knocks him off the feet and blasts him away. You see, that's, that's good stuff. I truly like that. I don't like the artsy-fartsy thing. I, I think I hated his poem. tell you this I said but I'm gay and I don't think this marriage is gonna work <laughs> hello this is Jennifer Lopez Jenny from the block hey. Remember Jared from Subway? He's inspired a lot of people. He's looking good. This is Christopher Walken. You're listening to Bobby's Podcast. This is Billy Gibbons' ZZ Top. I wanted to congratulate the documentators on their 100th episode. How, 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 how. This is David Bowie. You're listening to Bobby's Podcast. The... This is John Wick from the John Wick movies. Eh. Hey, Docolus. That hour, ladies and gentlemen, is over. For the past 17 minutes, I've been lying my head off. Oh. Hi. This is Ricky Skaggs. Oh. 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 Oh.